Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Pitch Talk. We are fans of football dropping vlogs, blogs, videos and podcasts on the beautiful game. Check out our videos on YouTube and Instagram's IGTV, including special feature segments, vlogs such as 5 Minutes with the G, The Straight Shooting View, Coaching with JBK, Audio on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podomatic, Spotify, Mixcloud and other podcast platforms. Join the Pitch Talk revolution on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and our official website www.pitch-talk.com The pitch is where we eat The pitch is where we sleep And the pitch is where we talk Welcome to The Straight Shooting View Hey everybody, what is up? Straight Shooting LJA here and welcome to another episode of The Straight Shooting View This is part 3 of a four-episode series reviewing the Premier League documentary, the four-part series, Fever Pitch, The Rise of the Premier League. Now, I've gone back to another classic Liverpool shirt after my Euro 96 England shirt last episode. So, let's get into a review of episode three. Now, to beginning with the contrast between David Beckham and Keith Gillespie, I mean, both were quality players, different, but both electrifying in their own ways, in their own rights. But to me, that was a really good setup, in my view, for the rest of the episode, in terms of players dealing with the overnight celebrity status that the Premier League brought. Now, I'll come back to that later, because the class of 92 being labelled as the new Busby Babes, that's big pressure. That's big shoes to fill. And it was interesting to see the the behind-the-scenes stuff, and how ubiquitous it is now. And that, re- I mean, that really started in the in that Premier League era. It started in football. I mean, Ginola, oh my God, oh Lord. He really reveled in being a pop icon and the sex symbol. And as it happens, my great aunt Judy, may she rest in eternal peace, she, she was enamored with him. He was, she loved him to bits and he was her favorite Spurs player. But Martin Edwards, I'm going to switch there, but Martin Edwards was actually very smart in the way that Man United marketed the players. The footage that we saw of the players in the Far East, it reminded me of WWF footage of Bret Hart as an icon outside of the United States and, like, say, when they went to India and he got mobbed. But it was smart to have young players go through the media training um, that guys like Gary Neville did. And Gary Neville's segment... You can really see how he ended up on Sky Sports as a pundit because he seemed really natural. He took to it like a duck to water. But you know what? The sad part is the gambling aspect of being a young player and having disposable income. I think that was glossed over because seeds can be planted at a very, very early stage in regards to that and gambling addictions especially. And you look at Keith Gillespie being basically offered as a makeway in the deal for Andy Cole. That was interesting. And I always kind of wondered how that deal went down and how Gillespie ended up at Newcastle. Because it happened just before I got into football in 94. And especially with Cole being sold to a direct rival. It really seemed like it hit Gillespie really, really hard. Now, Newcastle during the 90s, specifically Keegan's Newcastle, they were my second side. I really loved watching them. Ferdinand, Gillespie, and later Aspria. Even my mum thought I supported Newcastle. I loved watching them that much. 
But I actually never did. I've always been Liverpool through and through. And 95-96 was an amazing season. It's still one of my favourite seasons. And the first 4-3 with Liverpool and Newcastle, which I've always said was the match that showed why both sides didn't win the league in that era, in that 95-98 to 98 period. The first match with Villa United hearing Tony Gubbar on commentary actually gave me goosebumps, like coming, coming to that. And then you look at Hansen's you can't win anything with kids line. That's memories right there. But you know what? Gillespie, to me, was the epitome of Ibis FC legend Rob Lusher. His old phrase of down wide deliver. I loved hearing that on a Saturday. But coming back to Gillespie again, actually, his story about living out of a hotel and being in and out of the bookies, you could sadly see where that was going. And it was really unfortunate. But on the flip side with David Beckham, Victoria and David Beckham meeting for the first time was actually quite hilarious to see. And even my partner was like, imagine seeing your mum and dad's romance blossom like that on TV. It would have been a sight to see you. And it was, that's a fair point because it happened right before our very eyes. And footballers were starting to transcend the sport with modelling, endorsements and that kind of thing. And you look at David James with the phrase, the clamour for glamour. It, it was spot on. I mean, guys like him, David Beckham, Jamie Redknapp, Trevor Sinclair, Eric Cantona, David Ginola, and Beckham as the face of Brill Cream. I mean, it was a fun time to watch football. Even Gareth Southgate, ball boy shoes is what you need. Get the power on your feet. And it was great to see this evolution. And football was pop culture. It was en vogue. Instead of being a frowned upon subculture that it was coming out of the 1980s because of the hooliganism. So it's good to see. But you know what? Wage increases and young players having massive money to spend, coming back to that point from earlier, and time to spend that money, it was a dangerous combo. And Keith Gillespie's story about Stoke away in 95, it was so interesting to hear. And that could easily have degenerated into match fixing and spot fixing. And remember, Klaus Lundbeck from Southampton actually spoke about that kind of thing going on during the 90s as well. And Matt Letissier admitted he was involved in spot fixing um, with a throw-in in 1995 when he was at Southampton. So we've seen a lot of people admit what Gillespie admitted about being a gambling addict. Joey Barton, Matthew Everington in recent years. So this was Gillespie was a precursor. But Gillespie's injury, it actually gave him more time to indulge in his addiction because he couldn't play. He couldn't do what he loved to do, but losing 62 grand in two days is madness in 1995. I mean, Les Ferdinand was eloquent as usual about Gillespie's struggles. And that for me showed Ferdinand's maturity, that he wasn't laughing. And it's interesting that he understood and showed empathy instead of mocking, because that was the culture back then. Addiction was a serious topic back in the mid-90s, but nowhere near what it is now in terms of awareness. But back then, it was interesting that Ginola spoke from spoke about going from being a nobody to making massive money. Nobody prepares you for that. And David James and Vinnie Jones talking about how the media were basically parasites, feeding off stories about the players, and Ferdinand talking about the press basically setting up players is the kind of stuff, again, why I, why I label them and see them as the parasitic media. 
I mean, Vinnie Jones talking about selling your soul to them and them owning you after selling them one story. It basically still happens now. If anything, it happens more. You sell one story to them and they want more and more and it's never enough. And the media want to tear people down and not even to build them back up either. Some players, though, did, on the flip side, used to make a rod for their own backs. Certain celebrations, Robbie Fowler, Merson's quote about it. If you're sitting at home and watching TV, they don't, they don't write about you. Spot fucking on, if you'll pardon my language. Because the media feeds off the drama. And as I've said about how the news is formatted, if you watch any news broadcast, you look at good news versus bad news and compare them, James Bond tomorrow never dies. It has the perfect line to sum it up. When Carver, played by Jonathan Price, says there's no news like bad news. That's basically what the media focus on. But, you know what? It was interesting to cast my mind back to where I was at the time when the mind games from Fergie started and Kevin Keegan had his famous meltdown. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. I, lo I love that. But the one thing that did annoy me about that episode, though, is that they skipped, without even mentioning it at all, the greatest Premier League game of all time. A game that I actually own on DVD. Liverpool 4, Newcastle United 3, from April 3rd, 1996, which I referred to earlier. That irked me, but I'll talk more about that later. But you know what? It was sad also, though, to see that Gillespie filed for bankruptcy in 2010. And he still struggles with those addiction problems. Because those addiction problems for him started in the 90s at Newcastle. And it's sad that, what, 25 plus years later, he's still struggling with those demons. And we see it with other players as well, where you look at Paul Gascoigne and the demons that he struggled with. And many, many others. Many others. I'm just picking those two out as, as examples. But... It is one of them ones where a lot changed for a lot of people very, very quickly with the rise of the Premier League at that time. And a lot of people didn't know how to deal with it. As I said, Man United was smart, put in the youngsters for media training, but not every club had the facilities to do that. Not every club had the, basically had the nows to do that. So it was one of them where it's just, it was very interesting to see that evolution and that basically play out right before our eyes. But you know what? I did enjoy that about episode three of Fever Pitch, The Rise of the Premier League. Did you enjoy it? Did you think they could have gone more and found more examples in regards to Gillespie and his gambling addiction? Could they have gone down the Tony Adams road a bit more? Could they have... Could they have maybe focused on Paul Gascoigne a bit more. Yes, he wasn't playing in the Premier League at the time, but he was a former Premier League player for Tottenham Hotspur. So he did have his time in the Premier League. He later came back with Middlesbrough as well. So could they have delved a bit deeper into that? I think they couldn't, as I said before, I think there could have been a whole, epi whole episode on that and how you get propelled to superstar status. Look at David Beckham, David James, among others. And what was it? The um, the addiction that David James had. Oh, what was it? Um, watches. <laughs> Buying a new watch. <laughs> All the time. So, it's one of them ones where 
I think it's one of them where the overnight celebrity status, the too much too soon. Wearing this, remember this shirt, this yellow Liverpool shirt from 96, 97, sorry, 97, 98. So on them ones, remember who popped up at this time? Michael Owen burst onto the scene at 16, 17 and then ended up in the England World Cup squad in 98. It's one of them ones, Zach. Imagine how, imagine how hard that would have been for him to deal with. Like the whirlwind of emotions at that time. They didn't even mention him. So it's one of them. I think they could have mentioned a lot more. But you know what? I did enjoy episode three of Fever Pitch, The Rise of the Premier League. Comment section is below. I want to know what you think as well. Remember, www.pitch-talk.com. I have been straight shooting LJA. You can catch the straight shooting view and my reviews and many, many more episodes and vlogs and podcasts such as Coaching with JBK and 5 Minutes with the G www.pitch-talk.com youtube.com forward slash pitch talk is where you can catch our videos including special feature segments also also on our website you can catch our podcasts as well you can listen to them there at Pitch Talk on Twitter. Tweet with us, follow us, see what we are up to. Facebook.com forward slash Pitch Talk. Become a fan, become a friend, become a member of the group. Join the footballing revolution we are working so hard to create. At Pitch Talk on Instagram, you can see vlog previews, images, and much, much more on Instagram as well. Also, we are at Get Verbal on Twitter. Give them a follow, send them a drop them a line, let us let them know that we sent you. We are verbal ambassadors and proud of it as well. At Get Verbal, G-E-T-V-U-R-B-L. Verbal.com, you can find our podcast on Verbal, Podomatic, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, Podbean. Anywhere you catch your, anywhere you get your podcast, you can find Pitch Talk there. Join the revolution. I have been straight shooting LJA. This has been part three of my series of reviews on Fever Pitch, the rise of the Premier League. Stay tuned for part four, which will be coming soon with an episode four review and some final thoughts too. I have been Straight Shooting LJA, and until next time on the Straight Shooting View, take it easy, peeps. Thanks for your time. See you on episode four. Join the Pitch Talk Revolution. Check out the official Pitch Talk website www.pitch-talk.com.